Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Blaze Experience once again. You are joining us for episode number 52 today. And today we have a special episode about a new game that we've never talked about before. So, as you know, when we talk about new games on this podcast, we do sort of an intro episode and we kind of go over, you know, the broad strokes of the game a little bit. And then we kind of get into the game more in depth in future episodes if we talk about the game again. So today's game we're talking about is a game called Thief of Thieves. And Thief of Thieves is a game that is on Game Pass right now. It was just released on Xbox Game Pass recently. And this is a game made by Rival Games. So we're going to get into that today. Um, I played through Volume 1 of Thief of Thieves. There will be more volumes coming, but uh, I'm going to talk about my impressions of Volume 1 and kind of what the game is about and what you can do in it. So that's what you can look forward to on this episode. It's probably going to be a bit short of an episode just because I've only played one volume. So I can't speak to the full breadth of the game because there's going to be four volumes in total and only one is released so far. So think of it like a um, Telltale Games episodic game. It's basically like I played episode one of this game. That's, that's kind of what it is. So so think of it like that. But we're going to talk about this uh, whole volume one and, you know, kind of what I think of it. But before that, we do have some news to talk about. We definitely have some important news. So first off, I do want to mention that our contest is still ongoing for a couple more days. We are doing a contest till the end of the month. This contest is to win a free code of Daybreak and a free code of Independence Pack DLC. And these are both for the game State of Decay 2. So if you have State of Decay 2 and you want these both DLC, I have codes to give away. And if you want to enter to get those codes, then there's several ways to do that. You can either join our Facebook group. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can join our Discord. You can leave an iTunes review on iTunes, which is very helpful to us because that really helps us grow. You can follow on Twitter or you can retweet any tweet about the podcast. So... Basically, this episode right here, when I tweet that this episode's released, if you retweet that tweet, then that will count as an entry. And I'm counting entries all throughout the month of November, so this contest will end at the end of November, so we will do the drawing on either Saturday or Sunday. So this episode's going to release on a Wednesday, so when you're hearing this, you still have a couple more days to enter if you want to enter. And even if you already have Daybreak and Independence Pack, you know, a lot of people listening might already have those. You could still try to win it for a friend because maybe there's a friend you have that doesn't have it. You could win those codes and give them away to a friend. But that being said, in some other news, we do have our next stream. It's going to be on Saturday. We're going to do a stream from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Time. And that is going to be part of Decay Fest 2. So Decay Fest 2 is going to be celebrating all of Zed Hunter. Zed Hunter was the new content update that recently happened for State of Decay 2. And basically, we're going to be celebrating Zed Hunter. So we have a bunch of streamers lined up. Decay Fest 2 is going to be on Friday, November 30th and Saturday, December 1st. It's going to be a two-day event. We're going to have streamers streaming all the way from 7 a.m. Friday morning all the way to 3 a.m. on Sunday morning, Eastern Time. So basically, we're going to cover that whole gap. And there's going to be different streamers streaming the whole time. And during Decay Fest 2... We're actually going to showcase some previews of challenges that are going to happen in Undead Trials 2. So for anyone that doesn't know the difference, basically uh, they're both community events. Myself, Mr. Dart, and our newest organizer, K-Sizzle, we all organize these events. But they're basically two different brands. So Decay Fest 
is a brand that celebrates a new content release from State of Decay. So, for example, in this case, Zed Hunter, the first Decay Fest was celebrating Daybreak. So anytime there's a new content release, we'll probably do a Decay Fest event to celebrate that. The Undead Trials events, those are events that are based on competition. So basically, these are competitions that we make up and we create for the community. And they're little uh, mini events that kind of, you know, promote the community and they're just about having fun. So the first Undead Trials was a competition in Daybreak and we had different challenges to make Daybreak more difficult. This time, Undead Trials 2 is going to be a competition in the base game. And Undead Trials 2 is going to happen from December 9th to December 15th. And unlike the first Undead Trials, this Undead Trials is going to be open to everyone. So it's not just streamers, it's open to everyone. So anyone listening to this can join Undead Trials 2. And when you're hearing this today, uh, registration will either be open today when you're hearing this or tomorrow on Thursday. We're going to open uh, registration one of those two days. And basically, if you want to register, then there's a special Discord for Undead Trials. You either join that Discord or you can get in touch with myself, Kay Sizzle, or Mr. Dart. You know, we're the three organizers. So you can get in touch with any one of us or join that Discord. And you can register, you know, let us know what times you're available to participate in the event and things like that. But we are going to have some great prizes for this. And I can announce that we did just find out the prizes. So the prizes are going to be, you're going to win a State of Decay 1 t-shirt, a State of Decay pin, a State of Decay Cleo water bottle, a signed poster from Undead Labs, and a Bronto Gas jacket. Bronto Gas is a fictitious company that is in State of Decay. And it's basically a fictitious jacket that was uh, designed by Undead Labs. And and it's basically a physical representation of an in-game lore item. So you can actually wear this jacket. I've seen the jacket. The jacket looks amazing. It actually has a little State of Decay emblem on the sleeve. So this is a very cool jacket. The poster is very cool as well. Honestly, all the prizes are very cool. So I will mention, though, that there's only going to be one winner. So we're hoping to have up to 100 people participate. And there's only going to be one grand prize winner. However, I have been informed that we are going to do some... Uh, drawing prizes for participation. So anyone that participates, you'll be entered into a drawing and you could win possibly a State of Decay t-shirt or maybe a State of Decay pin. So there is still going to be a drawing for people that participate. So even if you participate and you go out early, that's still fine. You still have a chance to win something. So, you know, definitely get your name out there. Uh, let us know you want to register and we would love to have you. Everyone's invited. So we would love to have you included in this. And then, of course, I will mention that our next podcast is on Saturday. It's going to be on State of Decay 2, and it'll be about Zed Hunter. So this podcast is going to be going over all the Zed Hunter content. I thought it was fitting to do it on this weekend because Decay Fest 2 is going to be that same weekend. So I thought it was a fitting match to have that. So yeah, that was a mouthful. That's a lot of news to take in, but that is our news for the night. So I hope you uh, like that news. I hope you participate in Undead Trials 2. And... I hope you enter our contest for some State of Decay DLC giveaways. But that being said, we're going to talk about some Thief of Thieves. So basically, Thief of Thieves is a game made by Rival Games. They are located over in Europe somewhere. I believe it might have been Denmark, but don't quote me on that. It might not be Denmark, but it's somewhere around that area. And basically, this is a game that's based on the comic series by Robert Kirkman of the same name. So there's a comic series called Thief of Thieves. And this is a game based on that. Now, what drew me to this is 
I saw the uh, preview for it in XO18, and I saw that it was coming to Game Pass. I'm like, oh, wow, this is really cool. But what really drew me to it is I actually enjoyed the comic, too. Um, I believe there's 37 issues of the comic. I didn't read that far into the comics. I just didn't have time, but I did buy volume one of the comic, which volume one has the first six issues. So I did read the first six issues, and it's a very interesting comic, and I, I definitely enjoy the comic. And basically, the comic, just a little uh, preview on that, I won't get into it too much because the, this is about more of the game, but the comic is basically about this thief named Conrad, and his code name is Redmond. And it's also about his apprentice, Celia. So those characters are still in the game. So we'll talk about those characters more in a little bit. But basically, Conrad is a master thief and he's retiring from being a thief. So he's trying to get out of the game and he's trying to, you know, stop being a thief. But as you can imagine, you know, with most movies and tropes, um, basically, if you're trying to stop doing it, you know, it's like, oh, I'll just do this one more job. That's it. And that one job is like where the person dies in the movie or something. So it's kind of along that same kind of trope where, you know, he's trying to get out of being a thief, but it's definitely more difficult than it seems to for him to get out of that because he's been a thief all of his life. So it's really hard for him to get out of that because he wants to just retire and enjoy time with his family. But there's certain things that kind of pull him back in and keep him involved, which one of those things is Celia, which is an apprentice, you know, that kind of involves him as well. So Celia is basically just his apprentice. and. She takes over the alias of Redmond. So now that Conrad, who was Redmond, is trying to retire, Celia is becoming the next Redmond. So basically, they both have the code name Redmond, which can be confusing. But that is because Conrad's kind of transferring that code name to Celia. So she's kind of taking over because she was his apprentice. And those are basically the two main characters you're going to see in the game so far. Um, I have heard that there's like a team of thieves that come in later volumes. But in Volume 1, this team of thieves isn't there yet. So, like, in uh, Volume 2 or Volume 3, for example, you might have, like, two or three other people helping you. But in Volume 1, it's basically just Conrad and just Celia are the main characters. There is one other character that's sort of a main character. Kind of two, anyways. Basically, there's this one character that, honestly, I can't remember her name off the top of my head. But, basically, she's, like, a female Interpol agent. And... Essentially, your story, I'm not going to spoil anything big, but your story starts out with Celia um, arriving at an airport. You know, she just flew in from somewhere and basically she just came back from a big heist, essentially. And she's talking to Redmond on like an earpiece or a phone that is uh, hidden. So she's kind of got a hidden line to him. And basically she gets stopped by this female Interpol agent who... Uh, see something suspicious about her travel habits. So she pulls her in for questioning and she starts questioning her about like, well, what were you doing in this city at this time? Because whenever uh, Celia goes to a certain city, it seems like there's always a big crime that happens in that city. You know, something is always stolen. So this Interpol agent is kind of putting two and two together. Like, hmm, this seems really odd that you're always in this area when something happens. So she's kind of putting two and two together and Celia is trying to play dumb a little bit and be like, oh, I, I don't know what you mean. I, I was visiting family there or something. And basically, Redmond's trying to tell her, you know, don't be uh, too dumb and too naive about it because this Interpol agent is actually pretty smart. So don't be, you know, too over the top about it. And basically, the story of the game, I'm, I don't know about volume two, three and four yet, but I believe all the volumes are going to be told through this conversation because 
basically Celia is talking to this Interpol agent and the Interpol agent is a- asking her about like some events that happened in certain areas. So like she'll ask about like, Oh um, yeah. What were you doing in New York? And then it'll kind of flash back and Celia will be talking to Conrad about a job she did in New York. So basically they all have a conversation. They'll be like, Oh yeah. How did that go again? And Celia is going to kind of tell her story of how this job went. And then you as the player, you get to play through this job. So essentially, you're playing with something that already technically happened, but you get to decide how it actually happened. So Celia gets to tell her story to Redman in this real time because you're basically playing as her. And then this story gets told to the Interpol agent. Well, technically, it's a fake story because the Interpol agent, they're not going to tell you. She's not going to be like, oh, I stole, you know, $50 million at this place. But she tells like a fake story to the Interpol agent. So that's kind of like the premise a little bit of how the storyline works. Um, like I said, volume two, three, and four, I don't know if it's always going to be a conversation with this Interpol agent, but I do know this agent's going to be featured in future volumes. And I think it's going to be something where basically each job is uh, featured through this conversation. So I think this is going to be like a method uh, that the developers use to get you into this game. So, for example, um, the Interpol agent might ask, oh, uh, what happened in Paris? And then Celia is going to be like, oh, Paris, whatever do you mean? And then it'll flash back to her talking to Redmond and they'll be talking about like a bank heist that they did in Paris. So that's kind of like the method that it's going to get you to your next job, basically. So these jobs technically already happen, but you as the player get to tell your story of how they happen which I find is a very cool thing, actually. And then the only other character that's like a kind of main character is basically in volume one, there's like this, um, I don't know his official nationality, but he's um, possibly like a Russian mobster. And basically you have to steal something from him. And he's like the main character of this volume because he's the person you're performing the job on. So he's kind of your target. He's, he's your mark for the night. And, Basically, you have to perform this job and, you know, get this object from him. I, I guess I can say what it is. You have to steal a bike. You're stealing a um, valuable motorbike. So you have to go into this place and steal a motorcycle. So basically, all of Volume 1 is just this one job. Um, I don't know if the future volumes are all going to be just one job each, where, like, you know, Volume 1 through 4, you have four different jobs to do. Or I don't know if, like, say, Volume 2, they might have two different jobs for you to do. I'm not sure on that part. But what I do know is volume one was just one job and you kind of played over that job, you know, over time. Because I won't give away too many spoilers, but basically uh, it starts out with this job and Celia tells her story to Redmond. And she's like, oh, yeah, the job I did in uh, New York or wherever the city was, I think it might have been New York, but I I could be wrong. But she tells, oh, yeah, I just went in, you know, the guards just let me in. I walked right past him, took the bike, and got out of there. It was just too easy. And, like, basically, as you're playing, the first time you play through it, it's extremely easy to get the bike. So, like, but then it's kind of funny because Redmond kind of calls her out. And she's like, yeah, that, that, that's not really what happened. I I had people watching over that party, and I, I know what really happened. So do you want to try again? Tell me the real story. It, it's kind of funny, too, because basically she tries to pull a fast one on Conrad and tell him, Oh, yeah, you know, it's super easy, you know, super easy job. I got in and got out. I got the bike. But it was actually a lot more complicated than that. 
And that's when basically you have to go back and you have to scout the place. So essentially after this time of her telling a false story, you have to go back and scout the place and you have to kind of figure out some intel on, okay, where is this? Where is this? Where is this thing I need? Basically are gathering intel because she is going to this place to try and gather intel on the daytime. That way, when you come back at night, you know where things are. So it's very cool how you can actually scout out your uh, targets like that. And I really appreciate that about this game because it seems like something that a thief would actually do. You know, a thief that's going to plan a big heist, they're probably not going to just, you know, roll up to a bank and be like, okay, well, let's just jump in here and uh, find some money and get out. You know, they're probably going to be pretty organized about it if it's a major heist. So they're probably going to scout the place out first. So it makes sense that uh, this game is, you know, having her scout out places before she actually tries to rob them. But then you come back at night and basically you have to steal the bike from this Russian mobster character. So, you know, it, it sounds pretty simple, but it's actually not that simple because there's a lot of facets to this and you have to both get into the party, which is one obstacle. You have to, you know get guards away from the area because there's guards like guarding everything. So you have to kind of lure them away in different ways. I won't spoil what ways you have to do that in because that's kind of part of the game. Part of the game is trying to lure people away from stuff because if a guard is in front of a door or something, then you have to find a way to lure him away. And it's not like you can just walk up to him and punch him because one of the interesting things about this game is there's no combat which that might um, turn some people off that might, you know, deter some people from playing it. But for me, it kind of felt nice because it's not about, you know, it's not like Hitman because Hitman, you know, you're trying to assassinate people and there's some combat in there. There's no combat in all this. So this game thrives on you not getting caught. So basically, you know, in a game like Hitman, you have a little bit more of an out because you have other ways to do things if you don't want to be 100% 100% stealthy. In this game, it's more about being stealthy because if you get caught, then you have to restart. So basically how it works is if I'm trying to do something and there's guards patrolling the area, if I get caught, what's going to happen is the guards are going to chase after me. And if they catch me, it's kind of a funny animation, but basically the car, the guard just punches you in the head. So he takes out his fists, you know, and he literally just slams you in the head so hard and knocks you out. And then when you wake up, Basically, you're at your last checkpoint. So when you get caught, the game responds you to your last checkpoint and you have to try and redo that thing. So it is nice that it's not super punishing because you get to kind of stay in the same area of the job that you were at and you just have to try and redo that area with a uh, better finesse. So that's kind of how that works. There's no combat involved, but honestly, I think the no combat does work for this game because it's about being stealthy and it's about using your brain to try and uh, get out of situations because it's kind of about problem solving. You know, there's a lot of problem solving this game and you have to find it out. Okay. I had to get into this party or something. Cause in the following one, you have to get into the party. How do I get into this party? And you have to look around, you know, okay, what can I do? Can I do this? Can I do this? You have to find a way to get into this party legitimately because there's like a, someone checking uh, the list. And if you're not on the list, they're not going to let you into the party. So you have to find a way to get into the party somehow. I'm not going to spoil how because that would spoil some of the progress of the game. But you have to find a way to get into the party. 
But as I said before, you know, one of the things you might have to do is you have to, might have to lure guards away. So if a guard is in an area and you don't want them to be in that area, you might have to create distractions somehow. And there's different ways in this game to create distractions. There's simple ways like throwing a soda can and, you know, the guards will see the soda can and be like, oh, they'll look over that way. And then you can kind of run past them. So there's things like that that are really simple. But there's also elaborate ways of distracting people like um, turning off an alarm system or something. So there's like very elaborate ways like that. And one of the things in this game that's kind of interesting is there's little tiny mini games worked into that. So say you're picking a lock on a door there. Um, if anyone's played Elder Scrolls Skyrim, you know how lock picking works on that. You have to kind of like match up the lock pick in a certain area. And basically in this game, it's similar to that, where if you're lock picking, you have to do a little mini game. But... It's um, actually easier than Skyrim. So these mini games are pretty easy, but they're like little things you have to do. You have to, okay, you have to match this up with this area in order to pick this lock. And if you don't do it fast enough or uh, properly enough, you won't get to pick the lock. So there's things like that where you have to do that. You might have to um, crack a code, you know, like hack into a computer. That's one thing I had to do. So there's different things like that that present little mini games that are pretty interesting. And they offer a little bit more flavor to the game. They're like very tiny puzzles. Um, They're definitely not hard puzzles, but they're puzzles that you might have to think about it for a couple of seconds and go, hmm, you, know, you can't, some of the puzzles you can do in just five seconds and be done. With. But some of them, like uh, I think the hacking into the terminal one, I had to think about a little bit because I didn't understand how the puzzle worked at first. So you have to work your brain around, okay, wait, how does this puzzle work? What do they want me to do? Oh, they want me to do this. Okay. So it is nice to have problem solving things in there. But there's things like that that are a little bit more elaborate where you have to use mechanics like that to get the guards away from the area you want to go. So I do appreciate that. And one thing I also appreciate is in this game, there's optional goals and there's like your main goal. Your main goal for volume one, for example, is to take this bike from the mobster and steal it. That is your ultimate goal. But how you get to that goal is very different because there's different ways you can get into certain areas. You might be able to get in there, you know, uh, through one door. You might be able to get into there with uh, a person letting you in. You might be able to steal keys from somebody. So there's there's very different ways to get into somewhere and get access to the same thing. So, you know, my playthrough, the way I do something might be very different from the way you do it. You might have stole a bike, you know, going, oh, it, it was easy. I just, you know, pickpocketed this guy. I opened the door, walked in, took it, and I, I ran out of there. For me, it might have been a lot more stealthy and hard for me because I might have had to, you know, sound an alarm somewhere, lure the guards away, you know, lock pick a door, and then go in there, like hack a terminal. Like, I might have had a very hard way to get to the bike, but I still got to the bike. And that's what's very cool about this is that you get to play your thief as your style. So you get to, you know, kind of be a thief and it really puts you in this world where, okay, I have the problem solved. How am I going to do this? And you get to figure out how you want to do it. So I definitely like that aspect because you can arrive at the same goal in many different ways. I really love that. And there are some optional goals that you don't even have to do in particular. Like, for example, um, I won't spoil what it is, but there's a couple optional goals when you scout the place. So before you actually go to the heist at night. When you're scouting during the day, there's a couple optional goals that you can do that give you more information 
that help you better in the heist. So if you do these optional goals, you might get more information to do the heist later that night. You don't have to do these goals, but if you do them, it'll probably help you a little bit easier at the heist at night. So it is kind of interesting to have these optional goals that you can bypass, you can do them to get more information, and it's really up to the player. So I definitely like that. And then in terms of mechanics, um, there's only a couple of mechanics, honestly. Um, there's a little mini games I talked about. You can run, you can crouch, um, but crouching, it, it won't hide you completely. Like, it's not like, you know, oh, if, if I just crouch, no one can see me. It's not like the AI is that bad, but um, crouching will obviously help you stay hidden better. But the AI is not super horrible to the point where if you crouch right in front of somebody, then they can't find you. I've seen some games where the AI is like really badly programmed and, you know, you crouch right in front of somebody and they can't find you. It's like, how can they not find me? I'm literally right in front of them. But this game, unfortunately, is not like that. Um, It's kind of a mix in the middle where it's, you know, if you're crouching, it's not. um, How should I put this? If you're crouching, then it does help you stay hidden in some areas, but. In some instances, the guards will uh, pick up on you pretty fast. So you have to kind of be careful about how you do it. And um, I'll, I'll kind of leave it at that because I don't want to spoil, you know, how I played the game. Because the fun of this game is the story is okay. Um, I would say the story isn't like the, you know, greatest story in the world. But the fun in this game for me is how you get to be a thief you know the fun in this game for me is okay i have to get this objective done how am i going to problem solve that so i don't want to give my um ways i problem solve the way because that might ruin the game for some other people if i tell you oh this is how i got here that might ruin the game for you because if you go out and play it you're going to know what i did so you're probably just going to try and copy what i did instead of look for your own ways and i want everyone that's listening to be able to look for their own ways to do this and Maybe find different ways I didn't find. Maybe there's a way that I didn't even try. It's like, oh, that's interesting. I, I didn't try that. But the one thing I've left for last, basically, is there's this special power in this game called intuition. And basically, intuition is a very cool power. And how I describe it is it's kind of like a thieves blueprint. So like um, think of like, OK, if it's a bank heist, it's kind of like a thieves blueprint for the bank. So, you know, think of like your um, meeting back with like, okay, you and, you know, your buddies are playing in this bank heist or something. Well, hopefully no one's actually planning a bank heist. You know, if you are planning a bank heist, um, please don't. But <laughs> um, but you get where I'm going with this. Like, basically, just imagine there's a bank heist going on. There's a group of people planning it. And then at the center table, they throw down the map of the bank. They have the blueprints of the bank and they kind of write on the map, okay, this is where the vault door is. This is where the uh, cashier is going to be. This is where like the security system is going to be. You know, there's going to be three cameras here. There's going to be a camera here, a camera here. There's going to be three guards here. There's going to be one guard at the entrance. It's things like that that would basically be a thieves blueprint that would have, okay, if I'm going to pull off this heist, these are the things I'm going to have to know about. And when you use intuition in this game, it gives you like a thieves blueprint because this blueprint basically will tell you what is going to be on the map. So, for instance, if I'm losing my intuition power, it might say uh, it might have like guard written in white. It might have 
um, garage or alarm system. It'll have things written like that. Like, I can't remember a lot of specific examples, unfortunately, because I did play it about a week ago and I can't remember the exact examples that it gives, but basically it'll have things written on there for you. So when you use this power, um, on Xbox, I think it was right bumper was the power. So you have to hold right bumper. And if you hold right bumper, there's like, there's no consequence to using this, by the way. I'll, I'll say that up front. So if you're using this power, it's not like the guards are going to find you faster. It's basically like a free power that if you hold right bumper, it'll kind of give you some hints. Okay. You know, there's this thing over here. Maybe you should check this out. There's this thing over here. Maybe you should check this out. So it's like, it's kind of like little hints and it really helps the game. And there's no consequence to using it. You can hold right bumper the entire time you're playing the game if you want to. Uh, it's not going to, you know, make the game harder for you. Like, it's not going to, you know, have, it's not where in some games where, oh, if I use this power, the guards will find me faster. It's not like that at all. So it's basically a free power you can use whenever you want. And this power will have things written in white over the map. So it might have um motorcycle question mark written in one area because maybe that's where Celia thinks the motorcycle is going to be. So is the motorcycle there? We don't know. There's a question mark written there. So it's kind of a hint for you. Okay, maybe I should check this area out. And it's like little hints like that is the best way I can describe it. So I consider intuition like a thieves blueprint for a map. So for this particular uh, scenario, this is kind of like a Russian mobsters, you know, uh, palace or his like home uh, villa. And basically you're going into his home palace and you're kind of, you know, infiltrating yourself into his party and trying to steal his bike. It's like his prized bike. This is like a, a very valuable bike and you're trying to steal it away from him. And that's kind of, you know, what volume one is. And that's kind of the gist of the game. Um, honestly, there's not too much more to say about it than I've already said, because there's not a ton of mechanics in the game. I mean, it's basically you can run, you can crouch, you can use intuition. You can talk to other characters and possibly persuade them with dialogue. So there's uh, situations where you can talk to the characters and maybe persuade them to do something if you talk to them the right way. I won't give away too much with that, but. You can uh, pick locks, you can hack into computers, you can uh, lure guards away by doing different things, and those are kind of like the main mechanics. There's, there's not a ton of mechanics in the game. The game is uh, very mechanic light. What the game is heavy on is it's light on mechanics, but it's heavy on problem solving, and that's kind of what I like because I like doing problem solving. The puzzles themselves, like the lock picking and the hacking in the computer, those are very easy. But um, the problem solving of the heist itself, it's kind of like a brain teaser because it's not difficult to the point where you're going to be so frustrated that you can never beat this game. But it's difficult enough where it gets you thinking. It's like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder how I can get there. What, what should I do now? So the game is very... Uh, easy on the puzzles, it's very light on the mechanics, but it's heavy on the problem solving because that's basically what the entire game is. The entire game is, here's a heist, you're doing this bank heist, you're doing a heist at a villa, you're doing a heist here. Okay, here's your heist. I want you to get, you know, this uh, this gold watch. You have to take this gold watch from this guy, you know, go into this house, go do it. And basically the game allows you to do it however you want to pretty much. Um, it does guide you a little bit. It gives you a little bit of hints with the intuition, but essentially um, it has a couple different options for you to get this, you know, object and 
you get to problem solve your way around that and figure out how you want to do it. You can also disguise yourself as well, which I forgot to mention. You can put on disguises kind of like in Hitman. So that is cool as well because these disguises help you get into parties. They help you get into certain areas and they can kind of help things make things easier for you. So that's kind of how I describe the game. Um, Honestly, I think it's a really fun game. It's a game that you have to basically know what to expect with it because you shouldn't be going into this game expecting it to be like a triple A game. It's not a triple A game. I will say that Rival Games, this is a team of 12 people. So, and honestly, for what you get, I think it's a really well built game. For a game that only 12 people were involved in, they did a really good job on this. And I, I really appreciate that because this is a really well built game that offers a lot of options for problem solving and only 12 people worked on it. So that is huge and, you know, major props to them on that. So honestly, um, if you have Game Pass, I would definitely recommend trying this game out. I don't know when Volume 2 comes out, but I can definitely say that when Volume 2 is out, I will definitely be playing it. And um, if people like this podcast about this game, then I would be more than happy to talk about Volume 2 and some of my experiences with Volume 2. And if people want, I can do spoilers next time. So next time in Volume 2, if I do the episode about this again, I can do spoilers about Volume 2 and talk about the ways I did things. but. I felt for episode um I felt for this episode that doing an intro of the game it wasn't right to talk about spoilers of it. So that's kind of why I left it out. But that being said, that is Thief of Thieves and I would definitely recommend the comic too. If you haven't read the comic, um go out and find volume 1 of the comic. It's called Thief of Thieves by Robert Kirkman. So go out and find volume 1. Um Robert Kirkman is obviously the guy that created Walking Dead. Same guy, you know, he uh does a couple different comics. This is one of them. And I would highly recommend picking up Volume 1 and just seeing if you like the comic because it can kind of give you some more context for the story. So um, I might even pick up Volume 2 and, you know, read Volume 2 because I do want I want a little bit more context myself. So it's a very cool game and I definitely recommend it. It's not going to be a AAA game. You know, they probably didn't have a huge budget to do this game. And some of the things show like... Um, like, for example, the animation when you get caught where the guard just punches you in the face. Like, that animation could have been done better, probably, but they probably didn't have the budget to do it, so I'm fine with it. But that is Thief of Thieves. Um, just quickly to mention some of our news again. The K-Fest 2 will be happening Friday, November 30th and Saturday, December 1st. And I will be streaming on Saturday from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Time as part of that. And during the K-Fest 2... We'll be celebrating the Zed Hunter content update for State of Decay. And in addition to that, we are going to be previewing um, some of the challenges in Undead Trials. So Undead Trials is going to be a competition event that's happening from December 9th to December 15th. And basically, this competition event is going to be open to everyone. So whether you're a streamer, whether you're not a streamer, whether you know the game a lot, whether you know the game a little bit, anyone can join this. These challenges are not going to be super hard. They're not going to be, you know, really difficult. They're going to be easy enough where anyone can do them. But at the same time, these challenges are going to offer um, some strategic advantages to people that know the game well. So if you put in, you know, a thousand hours into State of Decay 2, then you're probably going to have a little bit of an edge over someone that hasn't put in a lot of hours. But at the same time, the person that hasn't put in a lot of hours, they can still beat you. So there is still room for them to beat you. It's just going to be a tiny bit harder for them. And our next podcast as well will be on Saturday. We'll talk about Zed Hunter. We're going to go all over the Zed Hunter content update and talk about all that. 
And if you do want to register for Undead Trials 2, registration should be open either today or tomorrow. So either on Wednesday the 28th or Thursday the 29th. And registration will be open for about a week. If you want to register, then you need to contact either myself, Mr. Dart, or Kay Sizzle, who are the organizers of this event. And the other way to register is I will put a link in the show notes to the Undead Trials Discord, and you can register on the Discord. That Discord, I would definitely recommend joining because we're going to post a lot of information about the event there, and that is the easiest way to get information about the event. But that being said, I appreciate everyone listening to the podcast. If you do want to get in touch with me, you can get in touch with me via email, theblazeexperience at gmail.com. You can get in touch with me via Twitter or my Xbox Gamer tag. It's going to be at blazeexperience for both of those, capital B-L-A-I-S-E, capital X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E. You can also join my personal Discord, which will be in the show notes. You can join our Facebook group, which will be in the show notes. Or we also have a YouTube as well, which you can subscribe to, and we post our podcast on there as well. In terms of ways to find the podcast, I already mentioned Facebook and YouTube. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Google Podcasts. You can find us on Radio Public. You can find us on Stitcher, which I know is pretty popular. You can find us on Blueberry, Podbean, and many other directories. So basically, if you just type into your Google search bar, The Blaze Experience, you will find us somewhere. So just type us in there and you'll find us somewhere. And I will also give a shout out to my podcast network, podcastnh.com. If you want to listen to other podcasts, if you do enjoy this podcast and you want to hear other ones, definitely check out podcastnh.com. I was at a networking event with them recently, and it was a great event. There's a lot of great podcasts in the network. There's a podcast about psychology. There's a wrestling podcast. There's uh, several comedy podcasts. There's a fake radio show podcast, which is really funny. There's a wellness podcast that can help you with your health. And there's just many different podcasts. So definitely check that out. Um, There's a lot of different podcasts there. There's a hunting podcast, a fishing podcast, so lots of different options for everyone. So definitely check that out. It's podcastnh.com. But that's pretty much all I have for today's episode. So uh, I definitely look forward to seeing most of you on Friday and Saturday for Decay Fest 2. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And just one more reminder that our contest for the Daybreak and Independence Pack DLCs that will be ending on Friday. So Friday is your last day to get entries into that. So if you haven't entered, definitely join any of our social platforms. And by joining any of our social platforms, that will get you an entry. And I will do the drawing for that on either Saturday the 1st or Sunday the 2nd. But I really appreciate everyone listening. It means a lot, and I I really appreciate every one of you. So thank you so much for listening to The Lace Experience. Thank you.